from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer, and with me is Mr. Lady Ada. We're here at the Adafruit factory in downtown Manhattan. We do all of our manufacturing and testing and kitting and coding and shipping, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But right now the factory is quiet because we're gonna have one hour of Ask an Engineer. That's Ding! Right. That's the show you're watching. So let's kick it off, because we've got a lot. I see the show is massive in front of me. Speak show. Let's kick it. What is up on tonight's show? On tonight's show, the code is traffic, 10% off in the native fruit store, all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. Use the code and save a buck or two. We'll talk about our Adafruit Live series of shows, including Show & Tell. We host Show & Tell. There's a bunch of cool, amazing makers. Time travel. We'll look around the world. Makers, hackers, artists, and engineers have a special treat. We went out to a museum and saw some art. Chip shortage, everyone's favorite segment this week. Chip shortage, Texas Instruments. We need stuff from them. Maybe they'll send it to us. We've got some retro tech as well. This one's going to be a little different. You know, we got we got some stuff going on. We have we got a cool thing we're going to show you. From the mailbag, this week is a special from the mailbag because we have a song. Folks like the new, 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 new song. And then we added the chip shortage song. And now we have a mailbag song. Help wanted, look at jobs board on Adafruit, jobs.adafruit.com, post your skills, or if you're a company and want to hire cool makers, post up the job there. We look at all these to make sure they're not weird or sketchy. We'll do some factory footage from Adafruit, the advanced manufacturing company made in New York City. Some cool 3D printing videos and more with Noam Pedro. We've got ION MPI this week, it's NXP. Got new products, got a little bit top secret. We're gonna answer your questions. We do that on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord or discord.gg forward slash adafruit. Join all 34,000 of us. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Amazing. Yeah, okay, so in addition to saving 10% off data, you can get free stuff. What do they get? That's right, $99 or more, we get a free Permaproto half-sized breadboard. Uh, perfect for taking your solderless breadboard projects and making them permanent on a lovely silkscreen board. 149 or more, you get a free STEM QT sensor breakout or controller. Uh, we have about a dozen different uh, boards and sensors that we have as a, an assortment. If you make an account, we'll get you a different one each time because we know which one we've already sent you. And 199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. That is destined to change because everything's expensive. Yeah. Next up, um, when you do use Adafruit.com, please consider making an account, verifying it, and putting two-factor authentication. That's good for security. It's also probably going to be the only way that you'll be able to get some products because there are a lot of automated tools and bots and people buying stuff and then reselling it because there's a global part shortage and more. So please, please, please do that. And um, like I said, use the code, get the free stuff, do the authentication, everybody will be happy. Um, we have a live series of shows, and we do live shows almost every day of the week. And we're back on Show and Tell this week. Yes, we just did it. Yeah. So it was wonderful. First up was Jay from DigiKey. Jay. And then Sherry stopped by during the Maker Music Fest. And then we had Jeff. We mm. had Phil B, who showed an amazing retro Sony computer. Um, the hit, hit bit? Yeah. yeah. We have a black one at home. Not and as cool he has as a his. Red one. It, so the red ones were, the, were, only, were only, no, they're all cool. They're all fine. Um, well, red's pretty cool, as one, So like as, as one Adafruit entity, we have like market share of these now. That's right. So A significant number of Sony hit bits yeah. every, are every, operational. Every quarter, Sony says, how are the hit bits doing out in the market? We sold this thing 30 years ago. How are they doing? They're like, this Adafruit company is getting them all. Yeah. So we have some retro hardware that you can check out. And then um, Young Pedro showed off a cool project that they're working on. One is this headphone thing they were doing, and this lightning bolt. Scott came by with Scott's latest project, a kid. 
Um, Scott's back from paternity leave, gonna also take some time off again soon, but you can check out Scott and Kiddo on their cute kid. And I was saying how cool it will be to be Scott's kid um, because Scott teaches and shares quite a bit and what a cool, fun adventure that's gonna be for Kiddo and for Scott and that's right. family. Um, so welcome aboard to this world, kiddo. We've tried to uh, not mess it up so much, but you might have to fix it. Um, so we also had Liz with the laser harp. And we had Matt the Maker. And we had Matt the Maker showing off the latest project. So that was show and tell on Sundays. We do Desk of Lady Ada. What was part one of this week's Desk of Lady Ada, Lady Ada? Um, part one is I showed off some samples that I got. I got motorized pots. I got some ultra wideband modules. Um, I am working on a tester for the NAU uh, 7802, and I got some stretchy conductive rubber. Okay. And then we do the great search, which is really handy because a lot of folks are like, where and how can I possibly find these parts on digikey.com? Sometimes they need substitutions. Sometimes they need other things. What did you do this week on the great search? Okay. So this week, um, because I've been working on the NAU 7802 breakout, um, I was thinking, oh, you know, if there's other people, you can't get the chip right now because it's there's a part shortage, um, and the parts, the only parts I have are the ones that I ordered like a year ago. Um, but if you want to uh, do um, uh, Wheatstone Bridge type measurements, like you know, 24-bit ADC inputs, like very precision, slow but precise ADC measurements, um, I I found uh, two options: I squared C and SPI um, for precision. Um, uh, adjustable gain amplifiers that have 24-bit ADCs and have I squared C or SPI out. Okay. On Tuesdays, we do JP's product pick of the week, and this is a live show where the discount code's automatically applied. You don't need to do anything. And one of the Popular. things, one of the things I might suggest to JP is, so we had a project where um, you can do little alert when there's Raspberry Pis in stock. Maybe uh, we could do one when it's product pick of the week time. Um, so here is this week's highlight. It is the LiPo Charging BFF, best friend forever add-on for the Cutie Pie. Take your BFF and you take a Cutie Pie and you just set them back to back like that. Now you can see this example here, I've got some header pins on there. And this gives you a JST plug for adding a LiPo or lithium ion battery. It has a little on off switch there that you can use to turn on and off the battery power to the board. This makes for really great wearable projects. The Cutie Pie M0 plugged right into the BFF and I've soldered those with the castellated pads. Got this nice little NeoPixel demo running here, battery power. Turn that on and off with the power switch. And we can also charge that right off of the USB. My best friend and yours forever. It is the LiPo charging BFF add-on for Cutie Pie. And then we have JP's workshop, which is tomorrow. And every week on JP's workshop, in case you missed it, we have a special section, CircuitPython Parsec, and we have that as a special feature that we do here on Ask an Engineer, so I'm gonna play it. For the Circuit Python Parsec today, I wanted to show you how simple it is to use a mouse cursor in Circuit Python, particularly on the Pi Gamer or Pi Badge. This can be generalized for other boards, but it's really, really uh, almost plug and play with these two boards to use the Adafruit Cursor Control Library. So you can see here I have a Pi Gamer and I'm gonna move the joystick around and you'll see I get this nice smooth uh, cursor action. There's a little bit of streaking I think on the video playback but in real life it's really smooth, really nice. Uh, and you can see here just, this is probably slowing it down a little bit, but just so I can uh, have some output that could be useful. I am printing in my serial output here the cursor position on XY. If I go ahead and uh, resave that with that commented out now, it's probably gonna run even a little smoother. Um, you can also see here, I'm doing things like click. When I click a button, I get a little update about clicking. Uh, and the way this is set up is really easy. First thing I'm gonna do is import the cursor control uh, and the cursor control cursor manager, set up the board, put the mouse cursor onto the display using display IO. And then during the main loop, all I do is cursor update. 
So internally, the library checks to see if it's a Pi Gamer or a Pi Badge, and it automatically hooks up the XY of the joystick or of the D-pad buttons to the XY of the mouse. Now, you can do things like change the speed of it, change the size of it with additional controls, but the most basic usage of it is this really nice, easy cursor that you can then use to build other applications on top of. And we have some great examples of both this simple setup as well as clicking some buttons and having things change as you click the buttons. And so that is how simple it is to set up a cursor on a Pi Gamer or a Pi Badge inside of CircuitPython using the cursor control library. That is your CircuitPython Parsec. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, and as we mentioned before, um, probably this week, it'll still be Tim, foamy guy who's been filling in for Scott Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific. So, um, Tune in this week. There might be special guest Scott. Next week after this, there might be something. So deep dive. We'll have other, uh, I guess, passengers in the in the sub soon. Yeah, it's a we big submarine. We all live in a purple submarine. Okay, time travel. Time travel does not have a theme song yet, but I'm working on it with uh, with Tom. Um, I got some ideas. Probably something like Huey Lewis in the news. Breaking time. That's the idea. A uh, little bit of reminder. Ada box was winter edition, it's spring, waiting for stuff, part shortage. Reminder, adabox.com, sign up. We have a lot of people waiting. We don't charge until we ship. Thanks for your patience. Okay. <laughs> Look, I gotta do it. It's a public- Look, I mean, it's fast forward time travel. It's a, it's a public Look, service. Look, wait, people can't say we didn't tell them. It's a public service announcement. Okay, um, now it's time for art. It's time for, yeah, so time travel, we got an email from someone and they said, hey, do you wanna come to my art opening in New York City because I'm, I'm coming in and I use your stuff for my art. And I'm like, that sounds great. We'd love to go out and do something like that. So um, we're getting ready to go. And he said, by the way, can't, I'm not gonna go uh, COVID because everyone's getting COVID, um, but you should still go. And we're like, okay, we'll go. So um, first I'm gonna show you a little bit of a, a preview. This is some of the art. It's made with NeoPixels and um, photography and uh, this is the door to the museum. Folks at home, you can maybe guess where this is. I'll give you a moment. It's MoMath, it's the Math Museum. This is a real thing in New York City. And here's Lady Ada in front of Stephen Orlando's artwork. Um, you can read about this on our website, but you can see how uh, Stephen makes this. This is you know long exposure photography, but uses specifically Adaford stuff. And um, oh, I have this photo. This is a great one. And what was cool is the photographer, the artist, uh, Stephen had a person there at the gallery with a phone, and they were broadcasting to him live. And we happened to walk by, and he was saying, "Find, find that person with pink hair." And uh, we found each other. And so here's just some of the art from Stephen. It's really cool. That's beautiful art. This was my favorite one. This the is violin. Yeah. 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 So check that out. Okay, it's time for chip shortage. This week. Texas Instruments, we need some stuff that you have, and we need it, and we want to figure out a way to do it, because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people that want this stuff, and we like Texas Instruments, and we like stuff, but we can't get it. So, Lady Ada, what is this week's chip shortage? Okay, so this week's chip shortage, I try not to, I try to alternate chips uh, fabrication uh, companies, because uh, I want to give all of them, and I will say that they have been responsive, and um, hopefully we'll be able to get some chips in, so um, thank you to the, the previous highlights in chip shortage. Um, we have a catchy tune because we want to catch them all. Um, so this week's uh, chip shortage is the INA219, although I'm going to toss in um, also the INA260, which we also can't get. Basically, a lot of the INA series um, is, is very challenging. Uh, we use this in our very popular INA219 breakout. Uh, we just used the last of our chips to make some breakouts, so we're, we have some stock now, yeah. but we are going to run out before the next and, chip. And by the way, straight up, when you search for this online on, on the Google, um, what comes up, um, our product, images, 
some of our images, some of our code and stuff. And then DigiKey. So, you know, this is in everyone's best interest to, you know, get us, get us some, we just need some, some chips. chips. And I have the order through DigiKey, we so just need some chips. if TI could allocate oh, some, I've learned the thing is now that there are chips, but they're just not allocated. Um, how many? How many? How many of these will be ideal? Because I gonna, think I think email. they need a reel of about three thousand. That'll. I mean, we have three or four thousand on order. So if we could just fulfill our order that we placed, I think six months ago, I would love that. And these are used for ed education. We have power monitoring, solar projects, IoT. all sorts of stuff. We're not using them for bad stuff. I'm not. Um, there's absolutely no kittens being crushed <laughs> to death by the INA two one nine. So anyways. Or INA 260, or I think the INA 280 is the other one. Please, Mr. Texas. I think that's the CEO's name, Mr. Texas. Mr. Um, Texas? Um, yeah. Hold on. Let so me a reel of 3,000? Is that what you want? I think they come in reels of 3,000. Okay. All right. So that's our, that's, our, that's our plea. Thank you. That's our chip shortage. Yes. INA 219, 260, and 280. All right, so these these little jingles have become popular, and Ca so they gotta be catchy. So now we get these chips. So now we have one for mailbag. So this is the debut of the mailbag song. So that's the mailbag song, letters, we get letters, we get emails, we get tweets, we get comments over RSS, they're so great. Um, so we're gonna do the letters. So this one came in, um, I like this one a lot because it is um, something we're going through right now which is doing the best job possible with the supply chain constraints, specifically Raspberry Pis. So this one came in from Alan. Just wanted to say thank you for your noble attempts to keep the Raspberry Pi supply going. When someone says noble attempts, by the way, they mean like, oh, you're getting, you're getting sliced and diced out there. Um, I've been attempting to catch stock for weeks and weeks. I've always got to place the point uh, to the order point, only to be met without a stock. Can't process denial. Nothing to do with Adafruit. You have always been a massive source for all things IoT. You've never let me down, whether it was a technical question, great ideas for... Uh, Great purposes. I managed to get one of the pies that hit the stock this morning, and Yay. I'll now be able to complete my home assistant node for my workshop. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll be joining mine deploying that critical second node. Okay. Now's a good time to mention that uh, we do have Raspberry Pies, and we do release them every week. Um, there is a shortage. Uh, about half the people who are ordering Raspberry Pies are being naughty with the Raspberry Pies. Um, and we're not going to really let people be naughty anymore. And so, um, you know, people who are ordering pies, um, you know, I'm not going to be very specific about what we're doing to detect naughtiness. However, if you have a Raspberry Pi and you're ordering another Raspberry Pi, doesn't matter what model, within about a week or two, um, you may not end up getting your order. So please, please yeah. wait. Um, please don't just buy any Raspberry Pi you can if you don't need it. Like if you need a yeah. Raspberry Pi 4, 2G, you know, don't try to get a four and then a two and then an eight. Don't like, don't be like, I'm going to collect them all. Uh, this is not Pokemon. Um, we, yeah, we really the, think that there's enough for everybody if people would not be naughty. Yeah, the biggest issue, just to be straight up, is there's um, a small group of people that keep buying them from everywhere and then they're immediately putting on eBay and they're selling them for two or $300. And that's not good. Please don't do that. If those folks didn't do that, there would really be enough for everyone right now. Like that's... That's what we're seeing. So we've managed to stop thousands of attempts on this now, and we're getting better and better at it, and we will continue to do that. So um, please don't do it. And if you're thinking about doing it, think of something else. I don't know. Yeah, and okay. don't, and, and I, I will tell people, do not try to like, oh, I'm going to order every single day, and I'm just going to collect. I, I, if you only need one, get yeah. one. If you need more than one, please wait before you place another order, because we can't tell the difference between people 
or sorry, we will not tell the difference between people who are like, oh, I need six for my project, and people who are like, I need six because I'm reselling Yeah, them. and you know, if you're active on eBay and you see one of the sellers because they put our box in it, they're like, genuine Adafruit Raspberry Pi, uh, message them and say, hey, this is really messing things up for other people. Please don't do that. You know, if we have enough people that say that, maybe. Yeah, they but we're not going to restrict it to prior orders. Yeah, there. Yeah, so Pimeroni's doing that. There's Which a bunch. Which is fine. Yeah, everyone, everyone's trying different things, and we're all learning from each other. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that we know is there's more people who don't have a Raspberry Pi. There's more beginners out there, so we don't want to restrict it to people that ordered from Adafruit last year. We still want people to get Raspberry Pis. So we're just working on lots of different things, and um, our success rate of stopping people is, is pretty good. But it's a never-ending, it's a never-ending project. It'll yeah. never, it'll be never, it's never over because there's very motivated people. Because if they can get these and put them on eBay, and they add two or three hundred dollars per Raspberry Pi, they get ten Raspberry Pis over the course of a month. That's a bunch of money. And if you didn't get your Raspberry Pi or cancels order, wait a week and order again. You can do that. Okay, some retro stuff. This one's a little different this week. Um, Isaac posted up a very cool post. It's on our blog right now. We showed all the different ways, not all the different ways, but many of the ways, and you can post up the way you've been doing it to scan in books and more. So we scanned in this cool book, how uh, it's computers work, uh, computers, their history, and how they work. From 1969, there was like only a few computers. So this was a really neat book to test this out on. And so we looked at all the different apps that you can use from uh, physical scanners to phones to software that helps do this. Um, some is free, some is paid for. And uh, we looked around, there wasn't a resource at all for this. And also there was a bunch of, you know, the, the web is kind of littered with, with a lot of dead ends. Mm. And so um, there's traps, you know, you download something and now it's like a virus or some or malware, who knows. And so we tried to put together the best resource for all the different ways you can scan in. And then we showed how we scanned that particular book. Okay, next up, uh, some help wanted. This is from the jobs board, jobs.adafruit.com. You should go there now. Um, this is three from the same company. They just posted it up. It's kind of cool. Um, this week on the jobs board, let me just get this bigger here. Ooh, Custom bigger. module for RP2040 CircuitPython software module, the UR module for the RP2040 CircuitPython software module, and ADC analog to digital control RP2040 CircuitPython hmm. software module. This is the perfect place to post this job because the makers out there could just do this. Sounds so like driver work, yeah. It's a contract remote job. If you want to make a buck or two, you could probably do it. And uh, you could probably just use our guides and, and do this project. Python hardware time. Okay, this week we're gonna focus a lot on MicroPython, but first, a little bit of a note, there's this programming um, language index that comes out all the time and it shows the usage of all the different languages and Python kind of went up to the top probably because of machine learning and data sciences and all that, but also and this is for embedded use. microcontrollers. It, it's, for, it's for a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, so Python's up there, so sometimes folks are like, well, where do I know, which language should I think about? And this is ones that are used um, the most and probably uh, will continue to be like this for a while. So if you learn Python, not only do you probably have a marketable skill, but you're also able to do things like hardware now. So consider it. Um, I'm going to get into some of the MicroPython news soon. We have a roundup of what happened over at PyCon. Mm. Um, a lot of hardware projects. We're still wrapping up some stuff from uh, May the 4th be with you, oh, May Star 4th. Star Wars project, yeah. Yeah, and then just a lot of interesting stuff. Um, while the iPad is now, uh, sorry, the iPod is now retired, you can kind of make things like this is a password keeper. Um, hmm. But you can still make interfaces if you like the look and feel of something like in the old school iPod, you can. And then congratulations to Solder Party. They released some new hardware. This Ooh. runs CircuitPython. And then I just wanted to mention, you know, with MicroPython, there's new cool stuff going on all the time. There's a RISC V build that's going on. Uh. We celebrated MicroPython's birthday last week. Happy nine years old. Oh. And this was one of the cool things that you can do with the code, the visualization. Um, we did a chip shortage about the ST chips for last week. Um, but the, I have some bad news, though. Uh-oh. Here's the bad news. So we're like, hey, Adafruit's a sponsor. Organizations can sponsor. Did we sponsor them? We sponsored. And we wanted to sponsor just to get it almost over to the edge. So we're okay. doing like 500 bucks or so a month. Um, and we also have donated directly 
and we're also going to do other sponsorships with MicroPython. But I was like, hey, 84 of us are now sponsoring. Surely, because of nine years... If we get like 16 people to donate a couple We just need a couple bucks, people. So, so, get them to the goal. so the bad news is nothing's changed in a week. No, no. one else no. Has, has sponsored. So you need to go to github.com slash MicroPython. Don't buy stuff from Adafruit tonight. Just do that. Yeah. Remember. I am once again asking for your financial support. That's Damien. <laughs> no, it's not. So the, the reason for this is if you're an open source maintainer, contributor, creator, and you have a goal and you don't hit it, you might decide not to do that again. Or other people might see that and they say, I'm not going to do it because I couldn't even get a small number of people together. So please, 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 please. please, I, think, please, please. I think we're the biggest sponsor right now. Um, but maybe um, we can just get a bunch of small sponsors out there and just let's get to 100%. So github.com slash MicroPython. If you work at a company and you're using MicroPython, and you probably are, um, you know, I don't think we have competitors. I'll call them like whatever they are. Like there, there are other companies that are in our exact business um, who, you know, they'll base their designs off our hardware, which we like. It's open source hardware. They also do a lot around MicroPython and CircuitPython. Please, please, please consider. Support them. It, you, you have your repos on GitHub. You can sponsor as an organization now. Especially, please, please, please. Especially because there's a chip shortage, and so there are no Pi boards available right now because yeah. the uh, ST chip isn't available. So, They're trying to get more, uh, but it's, it's harder for them to get um, uh, income. Sponsor them. I'll say this. Even if you just do like a dollar a month, just like let's just get it more than 84 because it's a little, it's a bit of a bummer that we did this push last week and we were the last one to do it. So anyways, um, I got to use this graphic. I don't mind. Yeah. There's 84 people dancing on the, um, <laughs> the dance floor. Yeah. Don't you want to join us? We're having a good time. Yeah. That's uh, Python on Hardware News this week. That's some good gilding. Yeah. All right. Open source hardware news, Lady Ada. Mm. We have 2,671 guides. Lots of guides today. What's on the big board this week? Okay. Can you make it big? Because <laughs> I can't. I can't read a little text. Yeah. Okay. First off, we've got the amazing MIDI laser harp. I have a video from Liz. Uh, I've always wanted uh, to have a laser harp build on Adafruit and... Um, Having the inexpensive um, time of flight sensors with circuit Python drivers has made this possible. Um, the laser harp uh, can do MIDI out. It actually generates the audio using the MIDI feather wing, um, or of course it can uh, plug into your computer and send USB MIDI messages very easily. Um, it's a fun build. It's, a, it's one of the easiest laser harp builds I've ever seen. A lot of them have to use sensors and you have to calibrate them, total pain in the ass. Uh, we fake it by using time of flight sensors. Uh, the lasers are for show, but they're a very cool show. Um, so that's great. We've also got a big upgrade update to the RP2040 PIO with CircuitPython guide. Jepler um, has added in CircuitPython 7.3 the ability to do background tasks in PIO, which means that you can stream data continuously um, without having to wait for the PIO to return. Like it returns immediately and it can go in the background. Um, so stuff like having servos or uh, seven-segment displays or, um, you know, Charlie Plex matrice type stuff. Um, that can all be done. He has a lot of demos that he wrote up and explaining all of them. Um, so I think PIO is in a really good spot now. You can do quite advanced projects, including, like, background DMA NeoPixels, um, all with uh, CircuitPython uh, dynamic PIO. So you don't have to write any C code or compile anything in. Um, you change the PIO, it immediately starts running. Okay, um, we're going to play the harp video after this. Of course. We've also got the ARP Raspberry Pi stock alert alarm from JP. Um, you know, of course, it doesn't use a Raspberry Pi because that would be cruel. Uh, instead, it uses uh, an ESP32S2 TFT board, um, which is great because it's a little TFT to show you um, the output and also uh, driving the alarm. It's also a really good example of how to use a TIP120 power transistor to drive loads like uh, this alarm, which uses, you know, up to 6, 12 volts. Um, Melissa did a really quick um, demo with RuneStone, which allows you to edit uh, and write code on a, an external drive where CircuitPython looks like an external drive. One of the really cool things about CircuitPython. Uh, and so you can actually edit and write code on uh, RuneStone, plug in your board, and she gives some uh, tips on how to do that. Um, Liz also has been writing uh, some guides as she's getting spun up on, on Adafruitisms. Uh, she wrote up a guide on the DVI breakup board, and then JP jumped in and showed how you can customize the HDMI uh, bouncing head demo uh, with your own favorite um, 
graphics, not just the Raspberry Pi logo in Eben's head. Maybe you want different heads. Maybe you want different logos. And then Known Pedro did a fun project this week um, uh, as Cutie Pie NeoPixel uh, flexible neon signs uh, without any cutting or, or splicing. Um, we just have exactly one meter long strips uh, with various cool colors and then using the animations library um, to uh, display cool stuff. By the way, Phil, um, did anyone sponsor Michael I've got Pan breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Guess what, everybody? What? We're up to 87. Sweet. So we were at 84, now we're at 87. Thank you. Yeah. This is gonna, you know, we should give out mugs and like tote bags. This is like, um, what was what, it? Was like the PBS, old, the old, the old public television. Uh, what are you PBS is not that old. It's still, it's still no, happening. no, the the fundraisers and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, used to be like, and you get NPR gives you, you a tote. A, you get a tote bag. You get a tote bag. Yeah, I love the people in the background that'd be pretending like they're yeah. answering ring, the phone. Ring, ring. I like the um, dystopian version that um, RoboCop had, where they were trying to save the city, and the mayor was like singing and like doing stuff. And yeah, to, yeah. Anyways, or is that UHF? No, it was, I think it was both. Oh, both. Um, okay, sorry. So let's uh, let's play some laser harp. Thank okay. you, everybody who's uh, who sponsored. Keep sponsoring. it was Robocop too and he, there was a guy playing it the fiddle and he, and he was Robocop doing a split too. and he was doing uh, he was playing like Born to be Wild on a fiddle that sounds like a Robocop 2 is yeah it? Robocop 1 was a little more serious I mean yeah. it wasn't serious but it didn't have that uh, kind of thing I'll pay a dollar for that okay um, let's do some factory footage And it wouldn't be made in New York City factory footage unless you saw this cute little fort glyph. Oh, look at how cute that in is. In the Disney building. It's building it from the inside. Oh, and it's up and down, up yeah. and down. All right, some 3D printing. All right, we got two videos. We're going to do these back to back. One is the light up neon like stuff, 
And the other one is a 3D print of this cool pen holder, pencil holder made out of snakes. Snakes. Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we're making color changing neon-like signs with 3D printing and NeoPixel LEDs. These strips feature flexible silicone diffusion for a neon look with the individual addressable capabilities of NeoPixels. Powered by the Adafruit Cutie Pie RP2040, this powerful but small and low-cost board is perfect for these type of projects. We designed and 3D printed some signs that allow you to use the full meter-long strip of NeoPixels. It's a simple, easy press-fit installation, so there's no need for cutting or splicing. The four designs use a meter-long strip to make simple shapes designed to fit on the bed of our 3D printer. Pair it with CircuitPython for easy-to-program LED animations. With the LED animation library, you can string together several animations to make a sequence of custom colors and speeds. CircuitPython's ability to easily make changes without compiling or installing an IDE means you can get projects quickly up and glowing. The strip features pre-wired cables that we can use to connect it to the cutie pie. Cut the end off of the strip and solder the wires to the pins on the dev board. Then load up our example code. Be sure to check out the guide on the Adafruit Learning System for a full step-by-step -step tutorial on building this project. Now we can easily connect the NeoPixel strip to the cutie pie and power it off a 5-volt USB battery or power supply. The NeoPixel strip fits into the channel and stays in place thanks to the grip of the silicone. And that's it! We hope this inspires you to check out CutiePie and use CircuitPython for your next LED project. Thanks for watching and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. And don't forget, you can learn how to make all this stuff and more on 3D Hangouts with Pedro every Wednesday, the longest running 3D printing show on planet Earth. Lady Ada, a little reminder, traffic's code, you get the free stuff. Choo-choo. You could two-factor your account while you're at it so you can get a pie when we Good have them idea. in stock. Make an account. Yeah. Get, every, get all your addresses set up now so when there's a pie, add you your cart, log out. Yeah. Log, so, sorry, log in, add your cart, check out. All right. Sign on PI time. I on MPI brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. This is when we take a look at something new over on DigiKey. Lady Ada, what is it this week? Okay, this week it's from NXP. Um, and I want to get the part number correct. This is the P3S0200. GMX, this is an I3C bi-directional switch. Um, and you might be like, hey, uh, you know, you just said, and it comes in this package, the XQFN10. You might be like, hey, you just made a, a mistake when you said I3C, you meant I2C, right? Because what is I3C? Well, this is I on NPI and we have an extra I. This is, uh, a, you know, we're gonna talk about I3C because I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, the differences between I3C and I2C, um, and there's, yeah, there's an extra I. This is the next generation of what I call I squared C. I guess this is I cubed C. I don't know. We have to come up with a name. Um, I have started to see more sensors and devices with I3C, sometimes called MIPI I3C um, interfaces. And uh, so I took a little bit of a deep dive and I thought I'd tell you all about it and then you'll know why you need this I3C switch. Um, so first up, this is what it is. It's actually, you know, this is still very useful. Don't forget, this is uh, also compatible with I squared C devices. Uh, you have your mic controller on the left. Uh, you can connect the um, A and B or SCL and SDA. And um, you also have a select and output enable. Output enable is like, you know, is the whole thing active? And select lets you connect either to um, A1, B1 or A2, B2. So, you know, we've got an eight-way um, switch for I squared C, but this is like, you know, you're not changing some like sub address and you just 
when S is high, you connect to one of the targets. When S is low, you connect to the other. So it's an easy way to connect two devices of the same I2C address without having to do any funky muxing. Um, so this is a useful switch just for like you have two devices of the same address or maybe for some reason they conflict or whatever, you want to keep them uh, separated. And of course, you can turn off the output enabled to save power. Um, this is what it looks like on the inside. It's, you know, there's like this charge pump uh, because you have to be able to control up to five volt logic levels. Uh, and the control logic is, support is in there as well. Um, so it's pretty simple. It's not a very complicated design. Um, and also, if, you, if you're familiar, it looks a lot like the um, I squared C logic level shifting that um, we use all the time for converting between three and five volt logic level. Um, so uh, if you didn't know, which is fine. Now you know. Today's a day you've learned that the I squared C bus specification was written and designed by NXP Philips. Um, Philips, which is uh, you know owned by NXP now, um, they wrote the original I squared C bus specification, which is uh, written here. And um, they, I think this was published in like the 80s, and then 1.0 was released in uh, 1992. Um, it's been updated, and this is what the original I squared C. Um, description was kind of intended to be. You'd have I squared, you know, the SDA line and the SCL line. And look, you can connect, you know, your microcontroller driver, and then you've got some RAM, and you've got an ADC, and you've got an LCD and a gate array. Look at us, we're having so much fun. Everything is just sharing these two pins. Isn't it wonderful and perfect? Well, that's not actually what ended up happening. Um, <laughs> so what we wanted was to have all these devices share two pins. But as I'm sure anyone out there who's actually implemented I squared C devices, um, it's never quite that. There's D-readies, there's IRQs, there's select pins. There's like always more stuff um, because I squared C is, you know, a polling interface and you need interrupts or you need to have like data readies or selects or there's other, you know, things that you have to connect to or address changes. And so, um, you know, and then intermixing with SPI devices because you need higher speeds and then like now you have a chip select for every line. So what I3C is intended to do is replace all of that with a high speed, again, two pin interface. Well, really, what we intended is what we got. So like for real this time, right? For real. Um, so, you know, the MIPI, um, you know, which you may be familiar because they also published a display and, and camera specifications and other specifications. Uh, they do publish the I3C spec. They do have this annoying ass thing where you have to log in to download, although you can find it on like Scribd and stuff. Um, and then like, if you want the official version, if you remember, I don't completely understand it. I think it's kind of silly. I think if you have a spec, just publish the spec. Um, but this isn't about them. This is about uh, this I3C switch. So just gonna move along. You can get the full specification from the MIPI website. They also have a great fact. Um, and this is basically, uh, you know, com compare and contrast. So. In the middle, I squared C, and you see there's SDA and SCL, but then there's like interrupt pins. On the right, there is SPI, and um, you know they share clock data in, data out, but then the chip select lines are separate, and also there's interrupt pins. Um, and then the left, amazing, I3C. Um, no, I, you know, no chip select lines and no interrupt lines. Why? Uh, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, so here's the, like, the first I3C spec um, that was published and some of the things that they're going for. So some of the things that are interesting, I mean, there's a lot. There's like, uh, first off, it's back compatible with I2C, which I think is really cool. Um, there's standard data rates and high data rates. So you can, you can basically get to SPI type speeds, uh, you know, 12.5 uh, megabits per second megahertz uh, clock rate. Um, there is, uh, again, you know, backwards compatibility. Um, there's hot join cap you know, capability, there's in-band interrupt capabilities, um, there's low power and um, you know, uh, basically getting rid of like the, the passive pull-up capabilities, um, trying to standardize on the command codes, and there's like some more advanced stuff like the queue support, which I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't quite read into that. There's also CRC uh, that you can do, but basically you can put, you, you know, you can use I squared C with I squared C and I3C devices, and then you can like pop into I3C mode um, by doing special addressing. You write to the address 7E to kind of tell I3C devices, "Hey, we're going to put into um, we're going to put you into I3C mode," and then you can go into this um, high-speed support. So this is you can see it's it's meant to be back compatible. Um, hey, you know that clock stretching is a total pain. Well, they took it out. Uh, you can no longer clock stretch in I3C. So that's the one thing 
that is not supported. And also pull-up resistors are done differently. Um, instead of having these passive pull-ups, which uh, draw current and slow down the bus because you have to charge the capacitance of the line and the gates, um, the SDA and SCL lines, you can have, you know, they have these pull-ups built in, but they switch into active push-pull mode. And so that's how you can get the, those high speeds. Um, also, uh, they didn't, they no longer support 10-bit addresses because uh, basically nothing ever supported the 10-bit addresses. I've never even seen it. Um, and so they just, uh, they just said, hey, nobody used this, so we're tossing out. But I really like that they got rid of clock stretching. But instead they added some things that will help with, um, Clock switching. Oh, this is the um, address. You're wondering, like, how do you send I3C commands? They go to address um, OX7E because OX7E is not a valid. Um, it's a reserved I2C address. Um, in case you didn't know, anything I think above uh, 7.8 is um, unavailable. Anything below 10 is unavailable. And then, of course, 00 is the all call. Um, I do recommend in the text version of this, um, INMPI, I'm, I'm going to link to a really good uh, presentation from NXP about um, I3C, which goes into um, low-level details of this. Um, oh, one of the things I forgot to... Oh, can you go um, back? Uh, sorry, to here. I forgot there was one thing I wanted to mention. Um, because I, I had the detail in the text, but I couldn't find a good... Um, I, I do have an image, but it, it's not described well. So... You'll notice in the middle image, there's I squared C and there's the SDA and SCL lines and there's the interrupts. And then you'll see on the left, there is no interrupt. So when they got rid of clock stretching, right? Clock stretching is often used for, you want to uh, read data from a sensor. So you, you say, I'm reading from this address or you're writing like start a command. And then you want to know when it's time to read the data because it has to do a humidity sensor check or you know, take the fusion of some um, accelerometer data. Clock stretching is what a lot of sensors use to tell the controller, hey, hold on, I'm going to get that data for you, just like give me you know, a couple of milliseconds to do so. But clock stretching just became a pain because you know, not all hardware supports it and the timeout's variable and it can hang the bus and some devices don't like it. And so the right thing to do is to have an interrupt line so you can write to the I2C peripheral and say, look, I'm going to ask, you know, I'm asking you for humidity data and then the interrupt pin toggles to tell you, okay, it's time for you to pull to read um, that sensor data. That way you're not pulling constantly uh, using up um, a lot of uh, power and computation time because you have to be awake to, to constantly pull when it's ready. And that's because I squared C is, you know, controller run only. only you can only, only data can be requested by the controller. The peripherals can't push data back. It's not asynchronous like UART. Um, but what's neat about I3C is they have this thing called, um, uh, oh, wait, this is the wrong, wrong slide, but it, it still, this is a good presentation. So they, they use in-band signaling where um, this shows the high-speed stuff where it goes from push-pull into active um, push, uh, sorry, open drain to push-pull mode, and that's how you get into higher speeds. But the other thing you can do is in-band signaling where the peripheral um, sorry, the controller can release the bus and say, hey, when the peripheral is ready, it can signal on the bus that it's ready to be read, and then you don't need those interrupt lines anymore. And I think that's quite interesting because one of the things that drives me a little nuts about I2C is, like, you've got this dream of only using two pins, but then before you know it, you need, like, two other pins just to manage interrupts and data ready and wakes and all that good stuff. Um, well, all that is going to be built into I3C. Um, you're going to start seeing, you know, I'm starting to see sensors with I3C, especially ST and NXP devices. Um, I haven't yet seen any low-cost mic controllers with I3C, but I think you're going to see it soon. Uh, and of course, you could implement this in PIO. So if you're, you know, given that I3C is back compatible with I2C, um, a chip like this switch, getting back to the INMPI, the P3S0200, uh, is really nice because um, if you do use this switch in your design, it can run at the low frequencies, 100, 400 kilohertz of I2C. And then when we all upgrade to I3C over the next decade or so, you, know, you won't have to respect the design. It'll be ready to use I3C um, as your sensors, you know, like I've seen ST sensors, their magnetometer will, the old version is I2C and then the next version is I2C or I, I3C. Um, you'll be able to upgrade all your devices and you won't have to switch out the switch part huh. because it'll all be ready for um, that high speed and, and these funky capabilities of I3C. It's available on DigiKey. So that was your lesson. Now you know, because I was like, there's a switch, it's handy, but why do you want the switch? 
now you know. And there's like ready, almost 5,000 in stock. Ready for the future. Well, I got five of them. Okay. I mean, I, this just came into stock like yesterday, okay. so I, I picked some up. Do you want to... Uh anything on the overhead no I, they, there wasn't any videos okay. i will say the you know the only thing is check out you know when i post the the, the text uh we post a text tomorrow the next day uh check out the presentation from nxp because it's very nice high level and trace level details between i2c and i3c and it'll be it'll be very helpful as you implement i3c so you know what are the constraints all right good explanation lady ada i know and that's this week's eye on mpi eye on mpi All right, we're going to roll right into new products, but first, don't forget the code is traffic. Lady Ada, are you ready to sing your song? I am ready. Yeah. All right, first up, uh, don't forget, these are back in stock. Circuit Playground Expresses. They are going fast, 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 fast. We got a shipment. So, next up. We have a WFL Wi Fi slash Bluetooth antenna. It's a 2.4 gigahertz antenna uh, with a WFL connector, perfect for, um, we recently put in the Feather V2 with a WFL connector. Uh, so this is a nice long, I think it's like 20 centimeter long uh, cable. It's got a little PCB trace antenna on the end. Uh, here it is, it's got like a tuned antenna. It's I think two dBi gain. Um, Nice long wire with a little, little coax here. So this is a WFL. I want to just mention that this is a UFL. And this is a dub. Hold on. This is so small that I got to like twist it. Uh, so on the right is a UFL and on the left is a WFL. And you can see the WFL is smaller. The UFL looks like it'll fit, but you're like, uh-oh, it's, it's significantly tinier. Um, so this is also called an MHF3 or an IPEX3. Um, this is definitely going to fit on uh, the little connector that's on these ESP32, uh, whereas the UFL will not, so just don't mix them up. Um, if you have UFL, get this product, 2308. If you have WFL or MHF3, uh, get the one here. Okay, next up. Uh, next up, we have an um, iSpy cable. Uh, that's really short. We're going to be doing more iSpy stuff. We're waiting for some connectors and displays to come in, uh, but we've already got it in the longer cables. Maybe you want a shorter cable. We have that now. Next up. Uh, speaking of cable length, we also have long stem IQT cables. People have been asking. They want long, and they want them with uh, cable covers so that they are not kind of splayed around. Yeah, a so we've got uh, these cables. Um, you can see that they are stemic QT. They work wonderfully. Um, they are 300, 400 uh, millimeters. Uh, you'll see we interleaved the data between um, the ground and power. Yeah, if you look here, you see how there's like a little bit of a twist there. Um, we do that on purpose because you know it seems to reduce crosstalk a little bit. Um, I think it's worth a shot, why not? Uh, so you get ground data, power, clock, and so you have two DC uh, signals between AC because of course I squared C is not differential. You can't just twist the wires. Uh, if your signals aren't differential, don't twist them. It doesn't do anything. Um, and uh, in fact, it can make things worse. So less crosstalk uh, and long cables, great for your stomach UT and also they're nice and um, covered almost completely. And if these are good, we'll get uh, even longer cables. Maybe we'll get a full yeah. meter. Nuts. Um, next up, oh, this one, uh, skip this. This is the- Skip it? Yeah, sorry, that's the wrong. No, uh, just that one image. Oh, okay. Sorry. This is, um, a USB um, to magnetic four pin cable connector. Uh, so we have these really cool cable connectors, uh, which were in the previous video, but it's a little confusing because it's like, that's not the Oh, product. that's why, got it. We don't, yeah. want, we don't want to confuse anyone. So pretend you didn't see this, but this is how these things work. Yeah, okay. so they, they, there's magnets, you know, you, there's four pogo pins and then north oh, and south magnets. Real, real, yeah, real. we can just show the real thing. So. Um, you know, before we just showed um, the, the, you know, this and another pin connector cable, this one has a USB on the end. And so you have, you know, power, ground, um, data plus, data minus. And um, these, you know, you can't, like I'm trying to plug it in and it's like not plugging in because it's not the right way. But when I flip it over, it connects very nicely. Uh, and so you can get a, um, you know, waterproof, weatherproof connector. Uh, if you, you know, seal this on your contacts, you don't have an expo exposed port, 
Um, and then when you, it's time to upload code or debug or connect a USB, um, you just plug this on. So this cable is only the cable. It doesn't come with the matching contact. Um, we'll try to get it with a single contact in the future, but for now, you'll have to pick up the other kit set that has the two sides, um, and this connects to the flat side. Okay. And Still very handy. next up. Um, next up, uh, this was because I was putting together a computer and I kept losing little screws and stuff. And so I was like, I want to have a little kit in the store that has all of the different chassis fan, motherboard, M.2, O-ring, you know, hard drive, uh, SSD, floppy disk, optical disk, whatever, connectors that you could possibly want. Um, so you get like 10 to 20 of each. Yeah. Pardon me. Um, Oh, I got the sneezies. Um, and uh, you also get a screwdriver and some uh, silicone um, heat paste. So if you're attaching a, a heat sink, that's very handy as well, because um, that stuff dries out if you, um, if you don't have the fresh stuff. Uh, but it has a little bit of everything, because I think um, if you've ever put together a computer, it's like you lose these screws or you forget which one, and some of them are like yeah. unusual. Some of them are like M2s or M3s, but some of them are like these weird, um, sheet metal screws that are like, if you don't have it, you're never gonna find it at the hardware store. So I like having a, a combo kit. It also has those large uh, thumb screws that are always used for the enclosures. Okay, and the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady, our community, our customers, our staff, and everyone who makes this happen is... This little the, traffic the, light. The cutest, tiniest traffic light ever. Yes, so this traffic light, um, it's used for model makers. But I just thought, like, you know, anything with LEDs in it is always so great. So it's, um, it's basically a common anode uh, setup with three LEDs, red, yellow, green, as you expect. I think there's a resistor inside, um, yeah. so you can just power it directly from uh, three to five volts. But here I've just got it connected up to three volts. Uh, maybe I'll zoom in to get nice and close. And then auto focus, hold on. This is, okay, bam. So I've got the yellow, and then over here I've just got um, wires connected. So it's common anode, so you'll want to um, keep the red wire connected, and then you can touch the yellow, uh, red, or green wires to ground to power them. So I'm just touching them to the alligator clip. Turn on the red, or turn on the yellow, or turn on the, the green. One second, I'm just going to disconnect this. So, or you can turn on the green. So, red, yellow, green. What would it be good for? I don't know, but it's like small and tiny, maybe jewelry or wearables or a little, um, you know, we have tower lights, but what if they're too big? What if you want like a very yeah. tiny tower Well, light? one of the projects is like, what if you have a conference badge and you want to have a indicator uh, red? You, you know, I don't, I'm not going to, really talk right now. Yellow, maybe, you know, and green, yeah, talk to me all you want. So we thought that would be kind of a fun little Yeah, it's, it's actually got that molded plastic uh, cover, so you, um, it actually looks like a traffic light. Yeah. And then it's got a metal pole, which, uh, again, it was intended Optional. for model making, or maybe you're making a, um, you know, we went and saw that uh, model railroad or model yeah. train set, or you're making a dollhouse, and you want to have a safe crossing for your dolls. That's right. Uh, this traffic light will do it. And that's new product. Okay, cool. Don't forget to code traffic. We're going to do a top secret. But while we do that, please put your questions in Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. We're going to start to answer them. Let's do some top secret while you load them up over there. Okay, so this week, Lady Ada, you were making sure all of our circuit... Python stuff works with Azure because we're going to be doing a bunch of Azure projects. That's right. So take it away past us. Hey, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, this is a Feather TFT ESP32. And as you can see here, oh, sending data to Azure. This is running an Azure IoT demo where I'm sending data from this uh, barometric pressure, temperature, and humidity sensor as well as the battery level uh, to Azure. So I'm kind of experimenting. I've never made an Azure account, but this is a really popular IoT service. And I'm probably going to do some guides on this. And, um, and here's an example of some of the telemetry data I'm sending. And you can see like all the data, actually the battery died this morning because I ran it all night. So you can see the battery charging and it's connected. Um, it's really powerful. I mean, you can do a lot. You can create models and um, 
uh, displays and gauges. So I'm going to do that next. Um, but for right now, I'm just experimenting with, you know, creating a model um, and you can see, uh, you know, how do you create a model for a device and then uh, connecting it to the device. So click instantiating a new uh, version of this sensor model. And that's top secret. Okay, we're going to answer some questions. Just some breaking news, though. Um, MicroPython is now 96% towards their goal. They have 92 people sponsoring. When we started this, it was at 83. Well, 84. It's but, okay, uh, but that's this is great. Better. We're doing this. Great. This is, this is what a community does. Let's get Thank more. you, everybody. That's very much appreciated. Yes. Um, so let's do the questions. You ready? Yeah. And then we'll uh, get out of here. We don't have a question tune yet. We will. Um, just straight up, over the last couple of years, with um, everything being really tough, it was so the creative process and what you end up doing sometimes, at least for me. So the music stopped playing in my head. So there's a lot of stuff that we do at Adafruit where it was like I had to focus on so many specific things and you know working with our team who does music and everything. It was just really hard. And like there wasn't the tunes, there wasn't the music, there wasn't the lyrics, but it came back. And not because COVID's gone. It's just like you kind of get used to anything, which is not good um, all the time because you don't want to get used to bad things, but you also want to adapt, and that's what we did. And then the music started to come back. So anyways. That's uh, the new song we have this week for the mailbag. Yeah. Uh, that's I like to imagine Packet singing okay. that song. Uh, you ready? Yeah. Question. I'm going to go back in time here. Okay, question. Uh, the Arduino collector version of Uno is very small. What size is the female pinheader blocks trying to find jumpers to wire to fit them? I think those are two millimeter. And we have two millimeter jumper cables that go to 0.1 inch, but that's why I think it's, or maybe they're even smaller, 0.5. I think they're two millimeter. Okay. Arduino preferred, but Raspberry Pi is also an option. What would you recommend for an offline voice recognition for a dozen keywords and have high accuracy? Second part of the question, with limited Pi, thoughts on ESPXX with uh, built-in I squared C? ESP will never be able to do as good as a Linux computer. You, you really need to have very high computation. So I would think, I, don't, I wouldn't even really mess around with an ESP because if you don't have 95 or better uh, percent accuracy, it's going to be miserable to use. So um, any suggestions for an offline? Yeah, uh, I'll just use I'll just use a Raspberry Pi or, or a similar Linux, you know, single board computer. And there's okay. voice recognition. Uh, I don't remember the name of them, but if you Google around, there are offline ones. They're not, you know, you need to train them, but um, you're going to do a much better job. Of course, off online is the best. Nothing's going to beat like Amazon Poly. Okay. Anyone plugged in NeoPixels into a J Rainbow header on an MSI motherboard with success from manual? The J Rainbow connectors allow you to connect the WS. 281 to be individually addressable as RGB LED strips, 5 volt. I haven't done it, but I know that there's NeoPixel support on motherboards because, and I've seen it, and I think it's hilarious. Okay, what is the maximum practical length of cable connecting I squared C peripherals? Um, I think for 100 megahertz, you could probably do like a foot, um, but it really, really, really depends on the peripheral, the driver, and your okay. pull-up resistors. So Chris is 50 feet with the Terminator. If you have a Terminator, yes, you can go 100 okay. feet. Okay. Um, or an active active terminator. Is it safe to have NeoPixel strips as components that are regularly hot swap to a project, attaching them using magnetic connectors you have in the store? Any risk of damaging the board pins? I don't know if you would damage the board pins, but I think you could uh, damage the NeoPixels if you don't have ground come connected first. I, I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't really hot swap NeoPixels. I wouldn't really hot swap almost anything. Okay. I want to make a little project that can send data back and forth with a phone via NFC being powered solely by NFC. Are there any modules that will help with that or would I have to make a custom circuit myself? Um, we have the little NFC EEPROM that is designed to send data back and forth. Um, however, I don't know if the ST library for it is any good. Um, it's harder than you think. I would really just use Bluetooth. Had a question. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, does Adafruit IO work with Bluetooth or just Wi-Fi? Well, you can use uh, our yeah. app, and it can t it can transfer one feed over Bluetooth. Um, the answer is yes, but but not very well. And again, it's yeah. only one feed, uh, but it does work. But you use your phone yeah. using our app, at Bluetooth Connect, so as the bridge. You can, and you know that constraint is actually kind of nice because if you're doing something over Bluetooth, you're probably only doing like one thing, anyways. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had a question. In the factory footage, we often see a machine that looks like a solder fountain. Is there is that some kind of wave solder system? What's it called? Uh, it's a selective solder, which is basically a wave solder machine, but with one point. 
uh, wave solders would be much bigger. Uh, we don't use it enough to justify having a wave solder machine. Okay, no question today. Just shout out to Adafruit Product 1400, the push button power switch breakout. Save my butt with the project today. Simple effect and a great way to mount a button to a handheld case. Thank Yay. you. All right. Question, how easy is the port, would it port, how easy would it be to port uh, the NRF 52811V for Adafruit DAP. I got what I think would work, but I'm worried if some of the commands might be out of range. I'm struggling to see programming difference over SWD in the Nordic docs. I've never used the 52811. I know we you know, support the uh, 52840 for sure, and the 51 whatever, uh, whatever it is, I don't remember the part number. Um, those are the only two I've used. I don't even know if we've ported the 832. Um, you know, if it programs, it programs, but uh, really it's, we don't even own that chip, so you're, you're on your own. Okay. And let me just do a sweep of the other places. And that's it. Okay. That's questions. Thank you, everybody. Um, let me, uh. Let me show the question again. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks, everybody. That is the show tonight. The code is traffic. I want to say a special thanks to Kara, who's behind the scenes running things in hey, Slack, and all of the moderators and everyone in Discord. Special thanks to the entire Adafruit team, who uh, not only um, gets all this stuff done, but you know, it's a treat and a joy and a pleasure to look forward to doing something every day with a cool group of people that's looking out for one another. Um, we need more of that in the world. And I know this community also um, are the type of folks that do that too. Thank you for supporting MicroPython. I know we asked for that. And uh, I'll send a note to Damien. Um, Ten people sponsored. They're going to probably get closer to their goal. Thank you. And this is just a live show, just us together doing this. And uh, we'll continue to get the word out. But, uh, you know, thank you, everyone. This Pressure is, your family and friends. Well, no. you know. <laughs> If you, if you buy a board from another company that does anything with Python on hardware like MicroPython um, and you don't see them in the sponsor list, encourage them because now organizations can sponsor and that is the mechanism in which um, MicroPython is asking for help during these times, especially because they can't get chips. Um, so if we all just chip in a little bit, we can keep all these open source projects going. And I think it's not the money, it's the thought that counts with this um, because open source takes a lot of time, it's a lot of passion. So we very much appreciate the folks that did that today. Um, that's our show. We'll see everybody next week. Lots of shows ahead. This has been an Adafruit production. Thanks, everybody. Here is your moment of Zener. Good night, everybody. Bye.